What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of COTM Roundtable, where we sit down with a special guest, and we get to ask them questions about their faith and their walk and their journey. And um, this week, we had the privilege of speaking with the one and only Pastor Candice from Family Community Church in San Jose, California. She is the outreach pastor at Family Community Church, and she is just a very powerful charismatic, energetic woman of God. And that's exactly what we were hoping for when we thought about talking to her. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. Please let us know what you got from it. And uh, God bless. So welcome back, guys. And here we go. You know, there's, I don't know, there's the the fine line that we're trying to find with these interviews, I guess, if you want to call them, where we're like, I mean, you know, obviously each person has their own story sure. um, and has their own conviction, their own faith, their own routine, yeah, right. so on and so forth. And so we want to be able to find things that we can, like in you specifically, that we can talk about more to maybe help somebody that would have dealt with something similar. Right. But on the same token, it's just like how... We don't want it to be prepared. Like, yeah, I so it's that. like it's so like hard with trying to be spontaneous, sure. organic. Yeah. And that's just kind of hard to find. So, because with us, it's different. Like, we know each yeah. other. So, yeah. we can just not start go, talking. Yeah. yeah. Start talking. Right. Hit the record button. Yeah. Just, like, we'll just come out and God will be in it. And it's yeah. so good. Okay. Um, so, that's what we kind of want to do here. I'm pretty chill that way. Yeah. Yeah. I All like right. this. This is my favorite topic of conversation. <laughs> it is. Good. Just talking about life. Just talking about, about life. perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, um, then, good. Tell us, tell us a little about, uh, a little bit about yourself first off, and then I, I have a question okay. specifically about your life. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> you should start with that question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can. We can. It, it, it's related to encounter and, okay. and how. How life was going for you when Chase gave you that call to come out to California, and yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, so I've been a part of Family Community Church for seven, six years, five years, five years in total. And so when I first came here, Chase wasn't here. Actually, we were. Um, I was at Bethany um, University in Pastorville called the university asking for two students to come like come intern here at the church so my name and anthony mcleod shout out to anthony um were asked to come over which is awesome and we i was my title back then was the um children's associate no no sorry the young adults associate and creative no it was really long the young <laughs> adults associate and children's creative arts pastor that was my that was my total like Thing. So basically, I did worship for mm-hmm. um, a lot of the ministries around the church, and then I did a lot of the sets, design stuff for the children's ministries. Mm-hmm. So from there, like, I, so I've, yeah, and then Chase came, like, my second year, and we both um, interned under the same young adults pastor. And then, yeah, and then I moved to Rockland. I moved to Rockland for 18 months. I was the interim youth pastor up there. And, um, yeah, it was a crazy season because... That part of my life kind of disappeared a little bit because I'm back here. But I left um, for two reasons. One, because I felt like I needed to grow. And two, I felt like we needed to grow as a house. Mm-hmm. And so um, I felt like the Lord gave me an invitation for that to happen. And so I moved up to Rockland for 18 months. And in that 18 months, the Lord stretched for sure. 
he was very stretching, and there was a season that came along that um, basically turned um, in the most honorably way. It just basically didn't go the direction that I w- was foreseeing for myself, you know? Yeah. And um, the Lord obviously had other plans. And so I literally was, Chase called me, he's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, well... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot. Yeah, I, I just. What did, like, what what plans did you have that, like, you felt weren't being, like, aligned with? Like, what were you trying to do? Or where what mm. ideas were you kind of playing with? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, <laughs> <laughs> because I was, I grew up in the church. And mm. me and Chase have a similar background in that where we have a lot of, um, some similar, very similar ways that we were raised in mm-hmm. the sense of like the church and expectations. And I think for myself, I put these expectations for myself to follow a very religious standard and um, that in order to achieve um, influence, I had or achieve like my accomplishments, um, I had to do things to a certain type of standard mm-hmm. that I set for myself and or other pastors or churches had set for me. Yeah. And, um, and generational stuff that was set for me. Like, you have to meet this, and if you don't, then you're not qualified to be a pastor. Or you're not qualified to be who you are supposed to be. Like, I, I got that a lot growing up, especially being a woman in ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been to churches, and God bless them. Like, I'm so thankful that we have people of all types. Yeah. But, you know, I've walked up to senior pastors of mega churches and said, you know, hey, give me some advice on what you want, you know, like that I could take for myself and mm-hmm. input in my life. And I've had pastors be like, we don't believe that women should be in ministry. So mm-hmm. um, my advice for you is to not be a pastor. I'm like, Whoa. okay, cool. You know, so like the setting. Is that how you really responded? <laughs> <laughs> I did, actually. Okay, no, that's good. <laughs> yeah, wow. I say, my, I'm pretty. I'm pre- I have a lot of self control. That comes with some wear and tear. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you learn how to have self control when you embrace it enough. But yeah. Um, yeah. So for Rockland, like there was these expectations that I set for myself as one being a pastor, a female pastor, but two, like. Like, because growing up in the church, like, if you didn't have a big youth group, if you didn't have, like, like, I don't know, like, even very religious, I guess. There's some some very religious. Like, I'm a definitely mm-hmm. come as you are person, and it's sometimes, I can't quite fit into this old traditional box very well. Yeah. And I think that was what I was trying to meet where I was before I came back, was I kept trying to meet this traditional box. It was like putting a circle into a square, you know? It didn't work. It just doesn't, it's not the same shape. And though we're thankful for both shapes, God puts you within, you know, I think he he intentionally puts you with the shapes that are going to be best for the house, right? Best for his kingdom, right? Right. So, yeah. So then, that's how I came back. Wow. Yeah. One of, one of my questions on here on here was because I remember when I first met you, mm-hmm. you um, you were always kind of just very uh, charismatic person. You're very nice, and you were just really like, yeah. Absolutely. People tell me I'm really intimidating, but I don't think I'm that intimidating. You just gotta no. get to me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just high energy, like yeah, just like that's okay. I'm just not afraid. That's Nothing, all. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes. And I'm more of the opposite, so I was, uh, <laughs> I was just a little interested. I was just like. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, like, that's nice. That's really nice. But for me being in the church, because I grew up in church all my life, I always kind of had a, a different perspective on people of, like, okay, are you hiding something? Is right. Is that why you're throwing that perspective For off? For real. And, um, or that 
trying to vibe off. And so mm -hmm. I just, I don't know, I, not that I watched you, but it was just more of like I was curious. Mm -hmm. and, and then you told me about your car situation and how that was just really deep down there and how you actually <laughs> yelled at God. So I wanted to kind of talk about my that. My car situation? Bit. When yeah. like my car broke down? Is yeah. that what you're referring to? That's I have funny. a lot of car situations. <laughs> 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 my current car situation? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know what you said, like alluded to, like in the church, I think, you know, in ministry, it's difficult, you know, like, and Chase talks about a lot, actually being on pulpit, like, it's, we all battles, you know, and I think sometimes being in the church, and we, I've done this to pastors, I put them in this box that they should always be perfect, and, um, and so when, when they're not, or like when they preach, and then you find out maybe they're struggling with something, it kind of, it kind of dilutes, mm -hmm. you know, like, what you think of God, you know, and I think we do ourselves a disfavor of that, because they're just people, you know, we're just people, and I think I've, going back to even the other question, like, how to learn, that's part of that expectation a little bit, is how to not, to be able to be authentic in that charismatic understanding of myself. You know, am I doing this just because it's tradition, or am I doing this because of this is who I am? And that's the area that the Lord broke coming back to this church. Gotcha. Yeah, some of that traditional, because I did, I was that person. Like, there's, uh, I mean, I've always been real, but there's definitely been a sense of, like, when I'm around certain people or whatever, mm -hmm. like, I have to behave a certain way. And I still find myself doing that sometimes. Like, I'll catch myself. Like, my voice will change. Or, like, I don't know, just a little yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. That's not even me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm doing it because right. I'm used to it. Right. Anyways, so, but I think some of that comes out with, um, with trials, you know. I think even that, I think so much about stepping out in faith and, like, why the Lord puts us through testing seasons is because he's actually trying to break off some of those you know, generational things that we don't even know are there. It's like the blind man, you know? We're so blind to it. We don't even know that we're there. We don't even know that it yeah, exists, you know? Right, right. And um, so with my car situation, like, yeah, we, I've had car shoes all the way through high school. My car always breaks down. It's been like a constant. <laughs> always. There's always like a car issue. Like, I've broken down, like, right before, like, getting on the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, going, I was in college, and I was like, I had a Buick Saber. Thank you very much. Hmm. It's an awesome car. And I, I just was like, told God, I'm like, you got to get me off this bridge because we're going to have a problem. And we did. We got off the bridge, but I, I broke down right before the tunnel going into San Francisco. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I, I think my car situation is one of those areas where, um, I mean, I've moved around a lot, so I don't have a lot of things or spaces that I would say that are mine. Mm -hmm. And I think my car has always been that space. I've traveled a lot. It's like always been that one thing I'm like, it's my car, <laughs> you know, no matter how many times I've moved, um, I've had jobs. I just, I've never really had a huge amount of consistency when it comes to being. <laughs> and so my car, I feel like it's always been that one, which is why I feel like it's always my testing ground. Wow. So when it breaks down, I'm like, really? Like, really? Well, here we go again, you know? It's, like, always a freaking struggle. And, uh -huh. um, but it's also been fun because, um, so this last time my car broke down, it was, I didn't have a car for a month. I literally, I literally was driving home Thanksgiving from my aunt's house, and I was, like, going in on God. I was, like, because I was been, I've been real stubborn. I was just, like, I was, you get, I think we... Do ourselves a disfavor that we always have to like feel like we're perfect and for me I'm like sometimes I just don't want to talk to you because 
I know you're gonna call call me out on my stuff, you know? Yeah. Like I don't yeah. wanna talk to you, Lord, because I know you're gonna I know you're gonna call me out. So I'm not even gonna have the conversation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. God is okay with you doing that. It's right. like yeah. he's he's so soft in that way. He's kind. So like my I'm driving home having this great conversation with the Lord, kind of going in on how I feel, how mm-hmm. I feel doubtful, why I just 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 exhausted from the season, you know. We just I just got out of Pumpkin Palooza. It's been a huge year. We've launched so many ministries, We've been in two services, so many things are going on. Yet I felt like stubborn to make any more changes. I'm like, I'm good, I'm good here. So anyways, I got home and I literally I pulled into my <laughs> I don't even know how I got home. It was seriously by the grace of God, but I got home and my car broke down and the engine was wasn't working. Driveway, right? Yeah, I was literally in the driveway. I was like, there was this yeah, weird... Popping off. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The pop the gasket. Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap. It was so bad. <laughs> seriously, like, I don't even know. Like, you know what? It's like, I don't know how I got home. Like, I swear, I had to go over 580 and everything. I don't know how I made it. I was not paying attention. I just somehow made it. And, um, yeah, they brought my car in and literally they could not find an issue with it. They did not know what was wrong, but they knew that it was like something in the engine t- super totaled. And so I had to borrow people's cars. I had to rent a car for like three weeks and life goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And then he provided me a new car. So yeah. praise God. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you said something interesting to me that has kind of been, <clears throat> I don't know, I don't want to say bugging me, but bugging me, and you were talking about, you know, women in ministry, and you talked about um, pretty much the negative shill that you got um, for trying to be in that, and so I think it was beginning of February, first or second week of February, they had a women's march here in San Jose, Mm. Um, I went with my mom, there was all kinds of women there just uniting and just trying to, you know, build themselves up, and it was really cool to see, and so we're walking and we're leaving after. Huh. And she goes, "Well, so what do you like? What do you think? What do you think of all this?" And my personal opinion, and and, and I understand that as women, both from rights to um, just basic concept from man and just things like that, in comparison, that you guys are already disadvantaged in so many ways and have a holding block against you just to break through. Um, However, um, I think that, like, it's hard for me to see, like, women want to get to a place that a man has already been and see that, oh, well, I'm the first woman to do that and take pride in that. And as, as amazing as that is, like men's goals are not to be even. We want to be the, we want to be the best, yeah, right? Right, right? So if it's about getting even or breaking mm-hmm. the mold, shouldn't it just be about you doing what somebody has not done yeah, before right. as opposed right. to just doing something that's already been done? Because right. that's what men are trying to do. We're right. trying to do things that have not been done. Yeah, and women true. are like, well, we just want to be able to say we've done the same things. Yeah. And it's like, there's, I feel like there should be a mentality shift of like, no, we want to do things that even you, man, right. have not done. Right. And so, you know, women in any industry, in any realm, in any yeah. profession, um, I feel like need to switch that mind shift a little bit. But um, how do you, how do you find, I mean, how do you find that courage? You yeah. know, like, I don't, I don't know that they necessarily know where to look. For sure. Um, but... 
there's just so much again like you know what do you what do you see like from that like in comparison yeah. like I mean I feel like as a woman pastor you can do things that men pastors can't do um, so where does that degree of separation lie mm. like where does that come from like yeah. why do women I don't I don't think every woman thinks like that but I'm just saying like right, why does this right. it seems like most do um, no, and as much as I want to provide for every millennial I'm like I want women to be able to do more as well yeah. um, and really find that confidence. And that's why I was excited to talk to you, yeah. uh, to be able to talk to Becca, because I feel like you guys are just really powerful women. Right. And I really want to inspire our girls to want more, aspire more, yeah. raise those standards, right. you know, on every level. Um, and it's hard to do when you're not in an environment like sure. Encounter. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. It's a really good question, and it's really like why Stephen, you know, pose this question that way because, um, I, I, there's a lot to it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, the first thought, you know, there's a huge difference between feminism and a woman's strength. Mm-hmm. Those are two different things. Yeah, I think feminists who claim that they are like for feminist rights. Mm-hmm are trying to prove a point and I can't speak for every woman but I can say for um, the majority of my perspective that women's the power of women goes to leans towards what you're saying Mm -hmm. it's like what can we do and how can we continue to strengthen who we are as women in our cities and our world and our families and the people Mm -hmm. that we want to be around the things that we want to accomplish right and that doesn't whether you're a Christian or not, mm-hmm. like just level on the playing field. It doesn't even freak, that part doesn't even matter. Correct. Like, just across the board, you're right. The question is more, but it's like that with any social issue. Mm-hmm. It's all about perspective. Right. It's everybody's perspective, even those women who are like super devoted that to that feminist right. I can't speak for them because I don't even know their perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't even. I can hear it. Yeah. But I can and like I like my. I get winds of it, you know, and you see the influence of it. Yeah. But even still to that, I've never actually spoken with somebody on that type of magnitude to really understand or diagnose, Mm -hmm. like, what's going on, you know? And I think that's sometimes what we do ourselves. We do this as a disfavor across the board where we generalize one group of people. Mm -hmm. You have race, we do that with women, men, we do that, you know, we generalize a group of people. Not every single woman feels that way. Not every single person feels that direction, you know? And I think that's important for whomever is listening to understand, like, your, there's, your perspective is only one. And the, for us who say, claim to know the Lord, we align that with, with God's truth, you know? And that's how we can find the balance. Right. But if you don't know the Lord, then your balance is what you make it. And um, mm-hmm. I think that's the contradiction for those who don't know the Lord, because they have this balance that they've created for themselves because they don't know the Lord. Like right. that's, and you can't even blame it because that's right. who they are. Right. And, um, us as Christians are trying to one, create a level playing field of like, what is your perspective right. and how can I introduce you to the Lord who might yeah. not just change, but actually enhance what you believe. Correct. Cause I'm sure I do believe that women. And I think they're the strongest we've ever seen them. You know, they're yeah. freaking powerhouses, which is awesome. Yeah. But I don't agree with, um, the or maybe what I should say is for me personally I my calling is not to prove 
that women should be in, in a pastor. That's mm-hmm. not my calling. Mm-hmm. If that was it, then this would be a different kind of conversation. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, right. But that's not my calling. I don't, I don't need to prove that because yeah. that's not one my calling. But also, too, like I don't believe that's biblically or godly to mm-hmm. prove a point that has nothing to do with Correct. people coming to Jesus. Yeah. Um, I think biblically, whoever the frick you are. Yeah. I say freak. Sometimes I want to say other things. Yeah. <laughs> whoever you are, whatever, like whatever grit that you came with, like Jesus will use you if you're willing, whether you're in what, whatever across the board. And so, however, though, I think for women, like specifically to that question, like um, my goal is one is to empower whomever I have the opportunity mm. to encounter. And I think women, us as women, need to have that perspective. Who are you trying to empower? Like, Because empowering your husband or empowering a man mm-hmm. is going to be different than empowering a woman. Yeah. And empowering, empowering a younger generation is going to be different than empowering an older generation. Right. And empowering your workspace is going to be different based off of, you know, you know, so it it, yeah. it changes, and I think you're right. The question is, who are you trying to empower? And not only that, but who's empowering you? Yeah. Like, because what whoever is empowering you is going to dictate how you empower others. Right. So if, as a woman, you're saying, what's empowering me is all these social issues and everybody else's opinion about something, then I'm not sure if that's going to fully get you right. all the satisfaction that you want. Right. I believe that in order for us to not waver... <laughs> And stand like stand when the Bible talks about standing firm. Well, then we got to know God's wisdom, we got to know His knowledge. Proverbs talks about it all the time, He goes deep into very specific understanding on how do we live our lives, you know. And He wasn't just talking to men, He was talking to women. He actually uses women as wisdom. So let's start with just that, right? Yeah, (laughs) women, you know, (laughs) please. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, (laughs) (laughs) Proverbs, like. Uh, the reason why I love Proverbs so much is because, one, it's a male writing the book. But not only that, he uses women as a perspective of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And there's so much beauty in his the way he articulates that word because he's not he's not lessening or he's bringing a level playing field right. to the fact that we need both. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I, yeah, and, and for me even too, personally, like, I believe in God's word when, like, I want a partnership in my relationship with my husband which I don't have I'm just saying but when I do want that like I want a partnership however I also am finding the more that I get to know the Lord there's also a stronger conviction to play that submissive role too you know like I don't there for me and a strength that there's actually a lot of strength that comes with submitting Mm -hmm. there's this um there's a Proverbs that says, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a Proverbs that says, like, a city without um, walls, or a person without self-control is like a city without walls. And basically, in the old times, they created cities that had walls around them, and that's how they yeah. protected themselves from the enemy. Right. And um, I think, not just for men, but for women, especially for women, because we know we are emotional. Y'all know we emotional, <laughs> okay? Not every woman's that way, but we do get, yeah. we have our days. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets a little bit crazy, but that is a, that's a prophetic word for our women and where we're going as a generation, because... Yeah. If your walls are down and without self-control and you can't learn to submit, then then basically what you're saying is that you're also not willing to submit to the Lord. Yeah. And 
And because I because I feel like that's what again those are based off of my perspective of yeah. being a Christian. Oh, yeah. I would also say too with the generation coming up, we can't we can't not even us yeah. can fully understand the generation coming up because the family unit is no longer what it used to be. Correct. So we can't. I don't even. I'm asking the Lord, Lord, how do you... They don't even have human interaction anymore, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's not, it's a whole different era. Like, yeah. I can't, it's it's totally different. And so I feel like there's this need for women, for men too, but there's this women, need for women to, that, like, that constantly, change, yeah. like, supersede. And, like, when the when the father figure's not there, it's similar to when the male, like, the female yeah. isn't there. It creates a contradiction. And it makes it feel like there's, like, this... so. I'll give you an example, like, in my family, you know, I had both my parents, which was awesome, but I struggled more with my relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. I was, though I had a great father figure, mm-hmm. my mom and my, our struggle, actually, it did, like, if you compared it to, say, like, Pastor Chase's family and, like, his struggle with his dad, yeah. his, it's it's interesting because though that we both had, like, the strong people Mm -hmm. have a strong female and a strong male it actually still created a loss a lack of something in yeah yeah, in in the growth so no matter Mm -hmm. no matter where it's at it's going to create um a different set of questions it's not a problem yeah it's just a different set of questions and how do we go about attacking it but i don't know if that fully answers your question but oh yeah just want to talk yeah absolutely well and i think for women in ministry like honestly one i'm just even to the guy, like, the, the church that I was talking about. Similar to how we can't, like, we don't know how to address the generation coming up. Yeah. The generation before us also didn't know how to address my generation. Right, right, yeah. And so, like, I can't even be upset because mm-hmm. they're just going based off of what was yeah. taught to them. Like, right. I, it's cool. <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah, you know, and, and not only that, but there's not as many, there wasn't as many women in leadership as there are now. And, dude, like, we're just people trying to get people to Jesus. Yeah. And so... That's the bottom line. We're never going to be certain on how to Mm -hmm. coach people the the right way. We're never going to be certain. So it's not something that we should fully be like, oh my gosh, how how do we help? How do we help? We're never going to be able to figure that out. Like you said, we're just trying to get people to Jesus and he'll teach us how to do that. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? Before you got all the way in there, you said something. (laughs) Sorry. No, you're good. I like it. I like it. You said you were going to be Chase, and I can, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) You can just just tackle so many times. I know, I'm sorry. It's great. I'll try to keep it first. No, no, please do not. Um, I was going to, what was I going to say? You talked about your calling um, and some wavering in between um, things that God has called you to do. How did you personally um, overcome the wavering of what you felt you were called to do? That's a good question. Or are all good questions. <laughs> <laughs> I just say that because it gives me a second to think. Yeah, I noticed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, I think, wow. For me, I feel like the Lord is. I think for me there's been seasons of affirmation and I know based off of circumstance and of life you know when something comes into your life that creates a storm and it makes you kind of like look in both directions 
<laughs> I think those are the seasons that the Lord uses to reaffirm who you are. I don't believe that my calling is to do anything. My calling is to love the Lord with all my heart, soul, and mind. And and how I've come that waver in between that is I've had to figure out the difference between Jesus calling me because he wants me to do something and calling me because of who I am. There's two. There's a difference there. Because if you are constantly living, living based off of, I'm called to do this, then when that thing doesn't work out, you're going to feel like you failed. You're going to feel like you've fallen short constantly over and over again. But if you live off based off of the calling of like, but I'm a daughter of the Most High God, then no matter what I'm doing, it doesn't matter. I'm still called to that purpose. I'm right. still called to be a vessel of the Lord. And what I'm doing, man, I hope I get to do, yeah. bring people to Jesus forever. Yeah. But going, but again, that's where I've had to learn the difference. And I think for, again, like in college, um, probably the bigger season, of it. even high school, high school was crazy. You're <laughs> <laughs> prom queen, right? Yeah, I was prom queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, was it was fun. Yeah, yeah my, the king, he, he was a he was a basketball, his name was Simeon. And um, yeah, he was a basketball captain and a football captain. Shout out to Simeon. Yeah, shout out to Simeon. <laughs> <laughs> I know, real. It was fun. I had a good time. <laughs> Can you make sure the phone's still recording? Yeah. And it is, so yeah. shout out to everybody that's still watching. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, yeah, high school is different. But growing up, like, um, yeah, college was a good season to recognize that. Because even Rockland, when I moved, like, when the things didn't go well in the church, or, like, I moved, I, I got backtracking into when I was, I, I was here. I, um, literally, I was in China for a month. And um, while I was in China, Bethany closed down. Oh, and I know, long story, it doesn't need to be told here, but, <laughs> right. but basically, like, yeah. you know, and then I got, then I came here. I was here as a children's pastor. I was also the associate. I did a lot of different things. And then um, I was also doing weddings. And then I got moved to Rockland. If we took my life in just the last five years, there's been so many things that have changed that I'm, if I was to live my calling based off whatever I was doing, uh-huh. then... Ah, I don't know if I would fully understand who God is. And so I just think it's important for us to understand that <laughs> our callings aren't based off of what we're doing. It's based off of who God calls us to be and who we are. Anyways, that's all. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. That's really good. Um, no, yeah, because I, uh, I was like looking at some studies recently, and it says how like our gen... You know, changes their career path five to seven times. Wow. Um, yeah, but I think your answer <clears throat> What's that? actually solidifies a different question that we asked <laughs> Trey um, oh. because Trey was telling us it was we were talking about a similar thing like how do you sift? How do you pick through these options? Like the curse of being sure. blessed. Like how do I like which door do oh, I walk right. through? And he was just like. I don't think it's the door that you walk through. I think it's the posture in which you walk through the door. So I think that posture is what you're talking about in the identification that my purpose is to call people to Christ, to love Christ, to follow his examples and lead by his examples. And that is the posture in which you walk through any door. 
and so on and so forth. Right. So one door leads to another, but your purpose and path stays the same. Well, even yeah. like in the Bible, you know, you hear a lot about the Pharisees, and I think sometimes we do them a disfavor because God still loved the Pharisees, and yeah. He gave them actually all of the parables and. They were addressed to the Pharisees, mm-hmm. you know, like they were, he, God was consistently giving them an invitation He's to, them, yeah. Yeah, to yeah. break away from a religious mindset. And I think that question of like the doing goes back to a Pharisee mindset. And mm. because if everything was taken away, do you still feel like you would be called? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you didn't have a, like, like if you everything, if you were just like, do you still feel like you would be called? which to me that means <laughs> knowing who you are in Christ mm-hmm. and that you love him despite all the things. Like if he took everything away from you, mm-hmm. do you still follow up? Do you, yeah. I mean, that's a hard question to answer right. because yeah. we don't yeah. want to, we don't want to admit yes or no. Right. right. But right. even in, I've been going through that in my devotional time. Wow. I, that's why I brought it up is Proverbs yeah. is like, um, but just deciding like, Lord, am I am I only doing these things because I'm basing them off of um, the achievements or basing it off of the things that you've given me? Is that, is that how I'm like foreseeing my calling? Like those things are taken away. Gosh, I hope that I would still yeah. find myself faithful. You know, I hope I would still know that my calling is to love you first. My call that's our first call is to love him first. Right. So yes, agreed. <laughs> hmm. Um. You were talking a little earlier about you can still identify those moments where you're in a different crowd and environment and you change a little bit, Um, chameleon, if you will. Um, And so I've kind of seen that with myself and I've seen it with a friend and so I've been able to actually kind of, you know, break it down and see that, you know, you're really... You know, you are feeding multiple cells with, you know, within yourself. And that's why it's hard to find one true identity of yourself right now because you're feeding, you know, church Rudy, COTM Rudy, hangout Rudy, Mm. late night Rudy, like call of duty. You know what I'm saying? You're you're feeding all these different people. So you can't, you can't find the one self identity and fuel just that and let everything ride from that. And. Part of that is why we started COTM, because we wanted to be able to arrogantly talk about God um, mm-hmm. without putting off anybody or without filling our personal feeds with it, yeah. um, and trying to find an easy way to bring kind of you know people in sure. really, um, and uh, I mean that's just something that I personally have struggled with. So I guess the question would be is how do you start to un how do you break? How do you break that mold? Yeah. How do you start to pull back from that? Because um, I know in the moment you can self-identify when it's happening, but you're in that moment, so it's like, do I? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do I switch it up right now and like you know bring that <laughs> back, or like how do I do that? But not necessarily so much in the moment, but just in general, how do you break that mold of different use? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And really just um, being able to identify. And I know part of that. The hardest part with that as a Christian is that you're embodying Christ through everything that you for do. Sure, sure. Um, and that's really difficult. And I think that, that might even be why a lot of people our age aren't talking about God because it's such a long story mm-hmm. that they are 
afflicted by the little bumps and bruises so they don't want to talk about every little thing right. they want to wait until the deliverance and now I can talk about all the hard things that I went through to yeah. get there but I don't want to be foolish enough to look foolish to talk about all those yeah. things be wrong be right grow so on and so forth um, right, you know there's a lot of sifting to go through but just how do you when you're done I'm going to bring that up sifting um I don't know how, how, you know, where does that mold break? Obviously, it breaks in, in solitude um, in that relationship, but how do you prevent it from continuing yeah. to happen, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. No, it's a good, I mean, that's one, I think, of constant discovery. You know, I think we're, I don't ever think we're going to stop learning that question. You know, I think it's, as culture grows, we will have to grow and that will come with new questions that you know that will strengthen but correct and so I think part of it is staying in a teachable mindset you know like constantly willing to learn like okay like you're constantly teaching yourself new things and the fact that you even ask yourself those questions already shows um definition of learning you know and and I um I think part of it too is like you know, it's a mental thing. Like, the Bible says that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm-hmm. And our mind is so tricky. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so fickle. And it's, like, constantly going in different directions. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's lots of ways to renew our mind. You know, we can... we renew. The Bible talks about, obviously, renewing our mind with his actual word, which I think is super important when mm-hmm. we're talking about how we need to operate outside because yeah. inside is what helps dictate what that goes on the outside so we have to refresh our mind with new knowledge and not only that but other ways to renew that is to talk to people around you I think feedback's a really good way to go mm-hmm. you know yeah like um, asking for feedback you know and being around people who you trust that are close enough to yourself yeah you know to really know you yeah. to really know you to like to one affirm who you are like that's why coming back here I've experienced the most breakthrough because I'm in a circle that I've ne- I've prayed for since I was a little girl. This mm-hmm. isn't something that I came Just to. Came to, came to. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> I've prayed for these type of relationships since I was little. Like, yeah. I've seen this in my family. I've seen this growing up, mm-hmm. how there's, there's not a sense of support. There's not a family to affirm mm-hmm. who I am. And I'm like, well, one, why? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But two, like, where are they? And the Lord is, has brought that in in... I, I think that's okay. I think the best thing about time is time. Like, yeah. our time is so short in, in our minds, you know, but the Lord's timing is perfect. And so, even though it might not happen right away, that doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm. Um, and so, any and it is happening for me. But the other thing I would say, too, is wisdom. Like, I, I don't, I'm not saying that. I do think that we should be raw in who we are and, like, entrust but who we are mm-hmm. is still different than God's perspective of who we are. That's yeah. why it's important for us to know the calling that God calls us to because if we just, if we live by song, that's flesh, yeah. you know, then right. we get crazy, right. yeah. you know, and, um, and it doesn't mean you get to be prideful and just like run yourself wild, you know, like you can't go into a senior's luncheon and act all crazy, you know, like right. there's, there's definitely a level of wisdom that comes with that, you know. But that doesn't mean you're changing your all. You're just, there's just an understanding of the people around you, you know. So there's a balance. It's a yeah. balance. It's a balance of maturity. It's a balance of, like, again, staying in a teachable, like, mm-hmm. understanding. And for me, like, 
<laughs> it's a constant. I'm like, Lord, teach me something new about myself, right. you know, that yeah. I don't quite know. Um, but again, I think the other reason why that's so important to address, like, yeah, like, I'm work this person, I'm this person, you know, is because I guess the bigger question would be, like, Okay, you can be different people in all these places, mm-hmm. but is the one person that you're constant, mm-hmm. is it the Jesus person that's coming out in all of them? Right. And I think that might be a better place to start. Like, okay, I'll be different in all these places, but mm-hmm. what com- what's confusing about that is those people in those sphere of influence, then they get confused about God because yeah. it's like, yep. you're different all over here. You're here, here. You're in that place this other time. So does that mean God's inconsistent? Does that mean like... Right. And it's being, but mm-hmm. I think honesty is the best way to go, like, to be authentic even in that. Be like, nah, I'm just imperfect and I can't figure it all out yet, you know? Right, right. Like, yeah. no, he, he's actually very consistent and I'm actually learning from him how to be consistent in some of these things, you mm-hmm. know? Like, just being honest. Like, being honest with the fact that you are five different people in different places. Like, yeah. that's a first step, right, you know? Right, right, But, yeah. That's what we were... That's why what we were just talking about mm-hmm. two days ago about being consistent with just specifically this podcast. Yeah. We were frustrated on not being able to record some things, and um, there was like a three week window where we didn't record. And mm-hmm. we were like, well, like, what do we do? You know, we wanted to right. you know, put it off like, well, this is the reason this, this, that, and the other. But eventually, we got to the point of like, no, we're not perfect. We need to show people that we aren't perfect. Yeah. There's really not a great reason for why we didn't record for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah. yeah, we're just not perfect. Yeah. And we would love to show people that. Yeah. Um, and that's great. I, was, I love that you guys said that. Um, but I have a question for mm-hmm. you, um, Bible scholar. Oh, gosh. Um, it's, <laughs> it's really just because I don't know. And I, I don't know what it means. And I, I mean, I, I kind of got it, but I'm not really sure. It's, in the, it's the parable of the wheat and the tares. And how God says, um, let the wheat grow with the tares. And the enemy is the mm. one who planted the tares amongst the good seed. Um, why, why would God allow um, the enemy to plant something um, in you and let it take root and grow with your fruit, per se, with the wheat? question or no? No, bad question? Not a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It is a good question. Uh, um, it's a big one. And I don't even know. I know you don't know why God would do something. It's not what I'm asking. Nah, I don't think I do. Right. Well, I, honestly, I feel like I go to like the story of Job when I hear that parable. Um, I love the story of Job. And actually, I'm reading a book, another book. I can't, I can't stick to one at a time. It doesn't work yeah. that way. But it's called The Gospels, According to Job. And basically, um, it's taking Job's perspective. It's actually taking the Gospels' perspective and partnering it with Job's. And, you know, if you don't know the story of Job, he goes through all of that suffering. And, yeah. and, and in that story, you actually see the conversation between God and the enemy. Yep. Where God's literally giving him free reign go to go ahead and let Job suffer. Mm. (laughs) And for me, I think that um, hmm. the Bible talks about how the Lord knows our hearts. You know, he knows our hearts. He knows the deep places of them even more than we do. And the Bible, we actually are encouraged to test our heart, Lord, test our hearts. Because our hearts, I mean, we talk about feelings, but 
Our feelings are so deceiving too. We're yeah. deceiving in all different types of ways. So to test our hearts, I don't know any other way the Lord would do it than to give us a challenge. You know, like how I mean, you know, like how would you? How else would you do it? <laughs> you I, I, I was gonna say I feel like he is, because the the hard part from a secular perspective is we try to work on our strengths and compensate for our weaknesses yeah. um, or work on our weaknesses and neglect our strengths. And either way, that's bad. Like, you know, either way, we're going to, we're not going to progress in the way that we want to. But I think from the spiritual perspective is that I think he's planting the weakness and the opportunity that you're going to need him for um, to maximize on the strengths that you already have. Yeah, that's just so you, you know what I'm saying? If he is the, strength in your weakness that essentially that tear is really Jesus Mm -hmm. more than anything he's putting that opportunity for Jesus to intercede for you on whatever you you know whatever you need um uh obviously as a regular gardener we wouldn't do that but (laughs) um yeah I don't know let's uh let's uh, go on sifting yeah did you look it up yeah um because I had a general understanding what I thought it was and it was actually right on anyways but it's just like it's just like sorting so it's like if you um if you were empty like let's say you're decluttering sifting would be like you separating the things you want to keep from the things you don't want to keep just it's just sorting it's just another word for sorting but I think it sounds better so I mean I've, I've <laughs> heard it like four or five times and you said it twice today sifting, sifting. The, sifting. the word sifting and then the first time I heard it was it was or I read it was, what's the origin of the word uh, what's the origin of the word sieve no, it's good. what's the sieve what's sieve sieve is a tool um, so the first definition of sift is to separate and retain the coarse parts uh, flour ashes etc with a sieve so the sieve is a tool, an instrument with meshed or perforated bottom used for separating coarse from fine parts of loose matter, straining liquids, especially one with the... So like even your strainer, when you boil pasta and you throw it in there and the water comes out, you're keeping the noodles and getting rid of the water. The sieve is just that tool, just that. the tool used to separate the two. So you said sieve, it means is the tool? That's the tool, yeah. Sifting is the action. Yeah, that's cool. So it's actually like, well, if you put those two words together, you know, the sieve, like you said, the tool, Mm -hmm. and then the action point. Um, To me, I hear that as, like, what what tool is the Lord giving you to sift things? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, we can can go and sift without a tool, Mm -hmm. but I think... What the word is, it's broken down, is that there's a tool involved, and then there's an action point, and and I guess the question is like, mm-hmm. you know, like and the tool has a very specific job. Yeah, what, what's, the, what's, what's the tool? You know, like what's the tool that the Lord? Maybe He is the tool. He's the one that you're taking whatever you have, putting it through, and it's yeah. coming out the other side. But you have to play. But what's so I asked about the organ because if there's an action point, there has to be a sense of action. So it's like you give someone a strainer, cool. The Lord's like, here, I'm, here I am. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, we're going to put things through. <laughs> like, we have to do the action, you know? Yeah. And the tool's going to do all the work, which, I mean, not all the work, but some of, at least half of it. Yeah. <laughs> the majority of it. Yeah, I mean, come as you are. He takes the, 
the wheat with he takes the wheat with the tear. Yeah. So he takes both as currency. Yeah. Uh, bring it all to him. He removes the bad. The first time I heard it was when um, no, I think it was the second time I heard it. Chase talked about it. I think last night um, when he said about Peter, mm. uh, the devil has been trying to sift you. Yeah. Um, mm. I was just like, why, why do I keep hearing the word sift? Mm. Well, I think that the reason why, I mean, when I hear that word too, it's like to your point, like, I think we have lots of opportunities that the Lord gives us a tool. Mm -hmm. Like, we have lots of tools we can sift things through. Yeah. Which one, which tool are we going to use? Are we going to pick the enemy? Are we going to pick the Lord? Are we going to pick mm -hmm. social media? Are we going to pick our relationship? Are we going to pick the opinions of others? Like, what yeah. are you sifting your life through? I think that's, yeah. like, the tool part of it, you know? Right. And I think with the story of Peter, that's where I would hear that word sift. It's like, he, it's like, there's a, he was given an opportunity and he picked the wrong tool. You know, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean we can't go back to the right one, but I do think we have the opportunity. But the action point is on us yes. where we say, The Lord's like, Here's all these tools, which one are you going to pick? Yes. And His grace, He gives us many opportunities, but lots of times it takes a few siftings yeah. for us to figure out, No, I need the right one. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, from the root of everything, um, you know, when did you, obviously you said you've been praying for things like this since you were a little girl. And so, mm -hmm. you know, if you, I, if I, I wasn't raised in a church family, um, heavy, heavy, like Roman Catholic Mexicans, but like oh, okay. more from like the traditionary <laughs> standpoint of like weddings and funerals more so than like everything else. Obviously Easter, wow. things like that are included, but there's not so much of um it's definitely a different um culture obviously yeah. as far as like uh, i guess not necessarily how they operate but um with their consistency and activity and things like that and i don't say every catholic is like that i don't know my point is that <laughs> i wasn't raised in a ministry family sure. um so when did you receive your own conviction? Because I know you were given, I'm sure you were given plenty of biblical and spiritual guidance and order and assistance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when did that transition from this is what everybody is telling me is right to damn, this is right. Yeah. <laughs> like right. Where, where did, where did that happen? Yeah. yeah. Um, or how, like, you know, what, what did he do? Um, that allowed you to separate it and really make it a real thing for, like, yourself? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been a Christian my whole life, like you said, and I've had a lot, yeah, great, great heritage. I love my family. I'm so thankful. Um, but they did a great job. Though there was a lot of traditional expectation, there was also a huge opportunity for, to freely decide. Yeah. And... Um, However, when I did decide wrong, mm -hmm. I heard about it. And right. Like, maybe not the best way. Correct. But I still had the opportunity to decide, which gave me room for rebellion. You know, I got to kind of do, I did some crazy stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> it's still not my, because some, not everyone knows quite yet about. I did some crazy stuff. And um, through elementary through high school like there's constant opportunities that the lord i think i don't actually think it was falling away or doing something crazy mm -hmm. that made me decide or like find that conviction i actually feel like i was around such crazy miracles that yeah. i couldn't help myself but believe right you know like mm -hmm. 
So I think that's why there's never been, there's always been a decision. Yeah. And I've always said yes. Yeah. And there's been times where I would rebel and do something crazy that would remind me, like, nope, I still want to decide this, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's been great. But it wasn't actually until, and I, so I've always followed with that mentality, like, the possibilities are endless. Because I've seen crazy stuff. I've seen mm-hmm. miracles. Yeah. I'm like... You did what? <laughs> you know? Right. Like, you completely healed that person. Oh, like, you, like, <laughs> you brought finances. I never even thought. I, I mean, I just, I didn't grow up rich. We grew up dirt poor. Yeah. Dirt poor. Yeah. And so it took our family a lot of faith, Yeah. you know, yeah. in general. So it's not like we lived this, like, Yeah. you know, like, it was yeah. definitely Everything's great, and that's why we're facing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that came with its own testing. Though, however, coming back when I talk about that kind of breakthrough for me is like coming back to this, moving back to San Jose, what, um, that prayer that I was praying for as a little kid, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I knew that that's what I was praying for, mm-hmm. was actually a generational breaking. Mm-hmm. And that's how I discovered, like, yeah. in this last season, last couple of years, the Lord has broken off generational things yeah. that I didn't even know existed. Right. And, or that I knew that were there that I've been praying for, but I didn't realize that it had nothing to do with me, what I was doing. It actually yeah. had to do with heritage. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I've been, oh, crazy, you know? And that takes a different type of um, maturity, takes a different type of relationship with the Lord, takes a different type of everything, a different type of obedience, because you literally have to walk away from everything that you feel like you thought was right. You know, not everything, generalizing, but, you know, some very specific things. (laughs) Family, you know. You're saying, well, family, I believe you and I love you, but I also kind of believe this and I'm going to go this direction. Yeah. You know, when, when the Bible talks about taking up your stuff and leaving, mm-hmm. I literally feel like in the last few seasons, last few seasons, last few years, I've done that. Like, I'm serving the Lord and I'm going this direction. Yeah. So I feel like that's, um, you know, the Lord has broken those things off. And that's what it answered prayers, you know, to, yeah. to that question is like Got generational it. stuff. Yeah. Um, and so now you are the outreach mm-hmm. pastor. Officially. So what? So for those that don't know, what what does that what does that mean? Like, what do you do? Oh, that's a very big. That's good. Okay, that's a lot. No. Nah, um. So outreach specifically, like that title specifically, um, I feel like I'm called to reach our city in any way, short of sin for Jesus. Yeah. And um. My mission is to put hooks in the water all over our city to build relationships, to yeah. build, to to get to know people who maybe the church isn't used to getting to know. Like I have a huge passion to get to know our police department, our fire department. Like I love yeah. them. We are, we're we're collect our teachers. Like mm-hmm. we are in the same mission to make our city better. So why not partner together? Absolutely. You know. Um. So on the big picture, like. Outreach, that's my goal, my mission, and um, that comes with some bold points of we oversee our missions program, oversee, um, <laughs> well, just boots on the ground operation, yeah, yeah. pretty much boots yeah. on the ground. That's a good way to say it, yeah, that's a good way. Yeah, boots on the ground, yeah, <laughs> lots of serving, lots of filling in the gaps, you know, um, and so, yeah, okay, cool, yeah, I mean, from a that's awesome that you said that because, like, from a marketing perspective. 
Um, the goal is to find as many different types of audiences that you would have in common, right? Yeah. Like, you know, so if we're trying to reach millennials, then we want to be in tandem with many things that millennials right. are attracted to. Sure. Um, so, you know, if you guys are trying to reach the city, it's best to get the whole perimeter involved so yeah. that you think that makes, you know, that makes 100% sense. So yeah. I like that. That's cool. Just, yeah. uh, just wanted to get, to get a touch of that. Um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, but you also said hooks in the water too yeah. um, and that's just awesome because for me exactly a year ago from right now I was given a hook yeah come um, on and uh, it's I mean it's interesting because like to be honest with you in like middle school I went to Jubilee with some friends I grew up with um, and then high school I got my acceptance letter to Valley I didn't get acceptance from any of the Catholic high schools, just Valley. So I was like, well, I've been going to a Christian church, got accepted to a Christian school. This seems like the way. Yeah. Literally got myself baptized right after I got that acceptance letter. But, uh, you know, with intensity and with passion, but obviously not with the full understanding of, like, yeah, what I was sure. really, like, asking of myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So didn't really, like, walk in that fully like at all there was definitely a spiritual sense not a practical sense um i didn't have the routine system in place to actually practice it we went to a christian school when you, pra when you that say practice it practice what? practice my walk just practice my walk and uh be an example in that you know things along those lines and um i definitely had a spiritual sense but it wasn't something that reeked out of me everywhere that i went sure. um so a year ago from right now last palm sunday basically me and my girlfriend well so actually even from the root of that i was at verizon i had a co-worker who was muslim she uh would go into our manager's office lock the door close the drapes and she'd pray three times a day wow and um it's not something you bring up in work but i needed to know i was just like yo like you know what's up but you know i just talked to her you know and just kind of brought it up a little bit she was super cool about it and the next week, me and my girlfriend went back to church, uh, Cathedral of Faith on the south side, and um, he started a six-week service on prayer and practical Dang. application. That's crazy. Off of one verse. So, wow, that's crazy. So I was like, man, so he drilled that into us. It was exactly what I needed because my prayers were always eloquent yeah. to be impressive. Yeah, I yeah, right? <laughs> but exa exactly, exactly. And so that changed a lot of the basic <laughs> fundamentals for me. Sure. Applied those fundamentals. And then a week ago from this past Sunday, we, me and my girlfriend go to Capitola, go get breakfast. You know, like five, six people come up to me because I'm wearing my Kevin Durant jersey. And they had just won, like, against the Rockets the night before. So everybody's, like, getting me to talk about it. And I'm just opening up, opening up, opening up. By the time that sixth person comes around, you know what I'm saying? We're not, we're, at, we're not even at the restaurant anymore. We're sitting, you know, this is the ocean. We're sitting on the edge of the sand on these, like, concrete slabs looking at the ocean. Dude comes up, sits right next to me, facing me back to the water, not even looking at the water. And we gave him the time of day. He asked me about the Warriors. He got me talking. He got me talking. That was the whole key is that he got me outwardly expressing right. um, and opened me up again, even though I'd already had that same conversation five times. Yeah. And then he's like, well, the real reason I'm here is because Easter is next week and I want to see you know, what you guys believe, what do you think, and so on and so forth. And so we talked from a tradition standpoint 
Um, but then it would, we went into my first testimony of opportunity of being able to talk about those six weeks that I was just going through yeah. and what I was trying to do and, you know, aspirations and things like that. And it was just the timing, the moment. The guy ended up, his kids went to the same high school we went wow, to. Crazy. He went to the same church that my girlfriend's parents go to. It's crazy. Uh, just so many different things. And um, even before we went to the restaurant, there was a sea-scrapped Jesus on a cross. Um, and so I stopped and took a selfie with it before we even <laughs> went before we even went to dinner or to breakfast. And so it was just like, man, like, yeah. So I don't know what do you guys got going. On? After we talked about just just a bunch, he's like, oh, well, what do you got going on the rest of the day? And I was like, oh, I mean, we're just gonna try to beat traffic and get back home. And I was like, how about you? And he was like, I mean, I got some more fishing to do. And I was like, Damn! And literally within minutes, he was talking to a new couple. Yeah. And, you know, it was just going about it. So I was just like, man, like, um, you know, there could have been so much coincidence um, in that. But there's just, there's just not, there's just not. So, yeah, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been an exciting year for that's sure. So cool. For sure. Things are picking back up. And so that's why it's like I had some kind of conviction back then. Yeah. But I had a real conviction, a real, real, real conviction um, a year ago to where I can't ignore it anymore. I can't put it off. I can't, mm. I can get distracted, but I, yeah. I'm always reminded, like, I can't get away from that anymore. Yeah, so, right. um, yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Well, the distractions come, but. Right. Yeah, the point is that you love the Lord. Yeah. And you're moving towards him. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly. Constantly. Yeah. Constantly, like, relationship. That's cool. That's a cool, yeah, dang. It's a good story. It definitely inspired him to get going on this podcast and mm-hmm. start talking to me more about God. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah. That was just the, that was the tipping point. That was wow. just, that was where it all kind of started rolling after that. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's awesome. This is super fun. Just trying to lead without the title, but just trying to make it cool. Like, it's like, yeah. dude, this is, this is cool. Like, I don't, I, I don't yeah, know, I don't know what you guys think is cool, but I think God's pretty cool. I, I think he's doing some yeah. cool things. In my life, personally, it's not all easy, but, no. I mean, nothing worth having is easy, right. so, I don't know. Well, it's like your testimony, you know, it's the power of your testimony. Yeah. Testimony is everything, you know, because yeah. if you're, mm-hmm. you, don't have to, you don't have to have it all together. Like, I don't know how to do, I don't know how to do fake Christianity, you know, like, yeah. I, it's exhausting. <laughs> it is. Like, I've done it for a long time, and then, like, trying to live up to, like, that, mm-hmm. you know, like fancy lingo and like I have to have it all into a box yeah and like some sort of like that's all Pharisee that's a Pharisee mindset and so um, how do you how do you find that balance when you're hanging out with your not so Christian friends like I um, mean or I mean yeah. do they just sift their way out of your life or like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I'm saying like how does how do you keep them around I mean you've obviously I can just tell from who you are I'm sure you've obviously shared the message you've shared your good news yeah. and at that point, it's their responsibility to accept it or reject it, sure. um, and that's not on you to judge. But you know, how do you, how do you keep them around? Like, how do you, you know, how do you find that? Well, I think like for one, my agenda isn't my agenda as like or the question like, what do you feel called to? Like, I feel called to love the Lord, mm-hmm. and my prayer is that will overflow on other people, and I don't go into any relationship, even with like. Like some of like I'm, I had I was on the phone with our uh, the chief of the fire department yesterday. Mm-hmm. Say, say Wednesday, yeah, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And um, 
we were talking about some stuff and and my my agenda wasn't to prove that I love the Lord, you know? Yeah. And, like, my prayer, that's an overflow. And I think if we go into... Sometimes I, I think we try to... Like, my, my agenda to get to know this person is for that they will come to church. Yes, that yeah. is a good agenda. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. But I don't think the Lord says, my agenda is for you to get everything right, and then I'm going to invite you, you know? Like, right. here's my agenda. Like, I think... He loves us exactly who we, where we are. So, like, my relationship with my friends, like, I love them exactly where they are, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to prove, I'm not trying to, like, beat them over the head mm-hmm. with this, un, like, with, with this expectation that yeah. I can't even live up to. Like, right. I'm going to love them the way the Lord loves them. So, if that, if I hear this is where they are in their season, yeah. and you, you don't have to hear, like, you see it, you're yeah. like, okay, you're going to party that way, that's cool. I'm not going to indulge, but I'm going to watch you. Right. <laughs> you know? right. But I will, like, but I'm going to love you where you're at, and I'm going to mm-hmm. be here, like, when that's not going to fulfill you anymore. I'm right. going to be, like, that yeah. safe space, right. you know, yeah. and that's an overflow of just loving the Lord. Like, people recognize you by the way you love the Lord like I want so when I went to China the missionary oh my gosh he was so awesome but he told he said this thing and I'll just never forget it because I really truly believe that our God is this big yeah that like if you have the Lord inside you and you're faithfully serving him and like though you might not get it all right mm-hmm. if the Bible says that he's in in you like so you're a living vessel of the Lord so when that just generally means when you walk into places that then he's automatically in that space in there, yeah. right so like my this missionary like in China was like so he was in China for and back then like this was like 40 plus years ago when he first moved over there and back then you weren't allowed to talk about God still not really right. but whatever right. so <laughs> for the podcast purpose like basically it just it just was there's a lot of things you couldn't do yeah so he went over there to teach English he didn't once for two years talk about Jesus in his English class. He wasn't allowed to. That was not a, a lot. Whatever. Right. Fine. Right. So based off going into his at, into his atmosphere, but though he would in himself knew mm-hmm. who he was, people his class his kids would come and be like, "What is different about you? Whatever it is, I want it." There's he some, didn't have to say uh, one yeah. thing. Yeah. He didn't even say. He told us he's like, "I didn't have to even say the name of Jesus for him to be in." the space and so like I feel like as pe- followers of Christ we should be able to go into atmospheres and we don't even have to say his name but he's present exactly. because of the way the way that we are we don't have to be doing nothing just the yeah. way that we love him so much right. and the way he lives on us yeah. that should that's our calling so that should just be an overflow and the people around us should be like you're just different you yeah. know like it's like when you come up for baptisms people come up and you're just like something's different about you you know they yeah. just shine right. and they didn't even do anything but go underwater that water is just a symbol of transformation it's nothing more than water right. you know and it's it's i'm just saying like people that's so i know like in, when i was growing up mm-hmm. this is what i would hear like and i do believe this is true so don't misunderstand mm-hmm. i do think there's wisdom in like choosing what circles you should be a part of because if you don't feel like you're in that space that you can't avoid something that God's asked you to give up, mm-hmm. then that's a different conversation. Right. Yeah. Like, but I know the things are the things that the Lord has asked me to give up. Like, you're not going to do that. Okay, I'm good. Then right. I know. But if you're not strong enough to go into those spaces without giving those up, then you have a, it's a different conversation. But growing up, as like, this is what I would hear, which again was a something I've had to break through because I was taught in some of my te- lessons in my Sunday school classes that. You couldn't go into those spaces, mm. and because if you did, you would fail. Yeah, yeah. that's not true. Yeah. 
He actually, Jesus did it all the time. He walked right in and he would, he was the first one in the door, yeah. you know? Right. And again, there's yeah, different. Party, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just, all I have to say is like, dude, like, just love the Lord and be with those people. And like, yeah. I mean, I know, I know that there's, lim- I know everyone has different struggles and different things and the Lord will reveal those to you, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, Oh, yeah, and hearing you talk about your approach with your friends, it, I mean, it all, it all made 100% sense, you know, because he, Jesus meets you where you are, so, yeah. you know, if you having that approach, you're good, if you having that approach <laughs> and that mentality, that almost essentially is Jesus meeting your friends where they are, because yeah, you're there, so that's, yeah. that's that, that pulling of it, um, I, uh, was working with one of my friends on some of the beats that we have on like the beginning of some of the uh, the more recent episodes. And um, it's four, four of my homies. I have a bunch of homies, but it's like four that I like kick it with and sometimes, and uh, I smoke weed, you know, can't, can't knock it. And um, I was trying to find that balance of like, well, how do I show that yeah i smoke weed but look at what he's doing in my like look at how he's working through me mm-hmm. and um so i didn't know how to say it i didn't know how to talk about it so i just didn't mm-hmm. and uh, it's not that i didn't feel a need to i just didn't know how to go about it mm-hmm. and uh one day i just show up we're hanging out smoking me and one of the four are working on the beat because he's the one that actually does the production stuff the other three were just hanging out pretty much just kind of you know slacking off and doing your thing and I thought of an episode title called like guilty by association breaking your set kind of um because jesus hung out with the worst of the worst and people didn't say well jesus is the worst of the worst because he's hanging out with the worst of the worst jesus was hanging out with the worst of the worst so that he can do his mission so he can see his way through that and um we're like going through like beats and i already had our recording and so i lined it up i said play this on your speaker i'm going to play this here and it sounded so good that like the other guys were like, like damn, yeah. this is this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And they started coming into the room, they're like, what are you like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys working on? They hear me just talking on the recording yeah. with the beat and the tempo like just sounding so perfect. Mm. And I'm like, oh, like what is this? I'm like, oh, it's just podcast. I'm like, oh, what are you like? Blah 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 yeah. blah. And then the next thing you know, one of them's like, oh, well, I could like, I could be on it. Like, I could talk about God. I'm like, damn, like, I didn't even know that. Like, I would have yeah. never known that. So, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting, but no, yeah, just yeah. just meeting them, just meeting them right where they are. Right. Um, well, Jesus, I mean, he plays. Everyone has different convictions, and the Lord is the only one that can fully. The Holy Spirit, I should say, is the only one that can fully like instill those deep convictions. Yeah. Though Jesus hung out with people, that doesn't mean he participated with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's a fine line, you know, to, con- that conviction is the one that you have to keep putting back on it because it's not black and white. Mm-hmm. Some of it is. The Lord very, very black and white labels some things, but then there's other things that he, he lives up to the Holy Spirit to bring conviction. And, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. that's important, you know, because there's not a mindset that I get to go do everything that I want. Yeah. You know, no, 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 no. That's not what that... Jesus didn't do that. Correct. He, yeah. he was in... He was a part. He mm-hmm. was there. He was present. He was available. Yeah. But he wasn't... He wasn't 
um, indulging or supporting or, you know, and, and, and that is where it can be gray because you're like, well, what's the culture changing? There's all these other questions that start kind of coming mm-hmm. up The people. And mm-hmm. I keep going back to Jesus. You just, I mean, like the, the, the way he lived his life, you know, is really the best example, but just yeah. because he was a part of it doesn't mean he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't do it. Right. <laughs> you know? He actually flipped the coin. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for being uh, a part of something like Encounter. There's so many people um, with different struggles, different issues. Yeah. Um, and knowing your own convictions and going into that space, um, it's really hard for, for me, personally, it, alcohol is not something I've ever struggled with. Sure. Um, it's actually, like, I hated it. Mm-hmm. But then I started to enjoy or, or acquire a taste for different types of beer, different mm-hmm. types of wine. Like, it's sure. intriguing to me. Sure. And so um, when I came to Encounter, I started to realize, like, oh, well, this person, like, really struggled with alcohol. Or this person has really yeah. um, had a bad issue or a bad experience. And this person just says, you shouldn't drink at all and blah, 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 blah. And so yeah. for me, it's um, how can I go about saying, okay, well, I don't really struggle with that. Like, I feel like I can have a beer or two throughout the week. And, and it not mean anything. Not mean anything. But right. if I sit down with so-and-so and I have a one or two beers and they're trying to get to their sixth or seventh, I'm like, well, wait, wait, hold on. I don't have that issue. Yeah. So, like, man, like, now I, now, now I have to say, no, I can't drink with you. And if I say that with you, then now I can't drink with anybody. Mm. And I'm just like, well... That sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, it's, uh, how do I go about it's that? Fair. I, um, that's fair. I think there's, there's, it's not just with the alcoholism, I think, or alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of things that are that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even just the way you, ver- like, cuss. You know, you could use yeah. cussing, like, mm-hmm. you know, some people, oh, whatever. And, uh, what? <laughs> you know, like, there's just, there's so many things you could use as an example and there's not necessarily like is it like there's like a black and white um but i do believe that much too much is given much is required you know and i think the more the lord calls you when i mean and i mean doing not who you are <laughs> calls you to an influence you know like to a level of influence like to people around you yeah. um there's more that is required, and I, I, and like, but those are the things that the Lord will reveal to you, and I would say too, like, if there, because then, then it has nothing to do with what you're doing. It actually comes back to another scripture. Is like, what's like, then it's coming back. Um, I cannot think of it. What's the um, an idol? Then it becomes an idol thing because it actually has nothing to do with the actual like. The actual we, yeah, it has not, it's actually becomes more an idol because if you're not willing to give it up. The, the Lord's like, yeah, I want you to give this up because I want you to minister more. And you're like, no, I don't want to. It's okay. That person will be fine. I'm going to keep doing it. So then you're saying, is this an idol? Is this something you're not really actually, is this more important than the things that God's asked you to do? Right, yeah. So then it's a bigger question. It's a bigger question. That's why it's like you can't even pinpoint one yeah. or the other because it's more like the conviction is what is, an, what is an idol? What's keeping you from all that God's mm-hmm. asked of you and for you and through you? Right. And if there's anything that's hindering you, why not get rid of it? There's more. Right. You know, there's actually more he wants to do with you yep. in order, if you give that thing up. Mm-hmm. And and it comes with different seasons, and, and I think it comes with different wisdom, too. Like, I think also as the Lord brings us into different seasons of leadership or into different seasons of, like, influence, mm-hmm. he also brings other people within that to help 
be um, like a protection and like the way I like there's certain things that only like some of our like Pastor Chase, Michelle and some of our pastors will know about me like there's there's yeah. stuff that there's a covering there right and but vice versa like there's only certain people that are allowed in that in that close of space Jesus was like that he had his disciples it was across right. the board right. so there's things that like the Lord will reveal and do that again come through different levels of um, different levels of expectation <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Uh, can a can a dream be an idol? A dream? Yeah, a dream. I think so. Like a literal dream, like a uh, vision, like something you want to do. Uh, yeah, something that you want to do. I think it can because, well, yeah, like so. Um, I was I I have a wedding business. Well, my it's actually mine anymore. It's not mine. It's <laughs> um, a business. Um, yes, we started in college, and uh, we started off as joy weddings, and I did weddings, and and I it was just kind of started organically, okay. And that's something I always loved. I never wanted to be dependent on the church for finances. I was like my mission. I was like I'm never gonna, never like. Yeah. I did not want to be. I want to make my own money. I don't want to see like because I was dirt poor. Like we weren't. We didn't have money, so I was like, didn't that's not gonna happen. To ride through that, yeah. yeah. So, but not only that, like I have this really creative streak. I love to design. I love to build creativity it's one of my biggest passions is to inspire creativity but also to build it too and um anyway so the wedding business like um just grew really really quickly like out of college my my roommate who now is uh, owns the business um um she took it and like ran with it and we were doing 30 plus weddings a year i mean it exploded and on top of all the other stuff that i was doing here at the church and doing school it was a very full season there's yeah. there i mean i had no social life there's yeah. no room for people um which is funny because i was doing it for people um so um so the business like took off and um it was awesome and i, I mean we were taking a hundred thousand dollar clients we still are we are now taking bigger clients than that and it was a i could go into wedding business and make a be doing very well yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah right i could be doing very well and um for two years i felt like the lord was like i want you to give this up even if it's for a season like i don't feel like he felt said forever but i just knew that i needed to stop because mm-hmm. one as i alluded to earlier everything i was doing was about doing i had no relationship like like i'm all i'm pro building the church I'm pro building stuff but if you're not having a relationship with people if it's just surface level yeah. like it's not worth it like right. it just doesn't matter mm-hmm. and even in church you can be a pastor all day long but if you're not if you're getting up there and preaching getting off and going into your own little world mm-hmm. then and you're not building a relationship with people then it's what are we doing you know so like and that's how I was living I was just I mean I love people but yeah. to actually build like life change with somebody yeah. and that's the other thing about reaching people we talk about like like being in a circle of it, like with your friends yeah. like <laughs> to me I'm like are you just is your motive to go reach that person invite them to Easter and then bail or do you actually want to build a relationship with the person because they're a person right. like there's a difference there yeah. anyways whatever <laughs> back to your original question I'm sorry back to your original question about the business so like for two years I felt like the Lord was like I want you to give this up and like I swear I've done the craziest wedding thing you would not even imagine I went out to Hawaii for a wedding I mean like the business has exploded and yeah and I was and I was doing well financially not everything was perfect there's still things but man 
Yeah. And so two years later, after I felt like the Lord asked me to give it up, I finally said yes. And that was last, when, 2018? So that was a year and a half ago. Um, I felt like the Lord was like, giving you another opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And I finally did. Yeah. I finally said, so I called my, I called, um, well, my older mate, but my business partner, and I was like, you know, I just need a season away. Like, I just need time. And a week later, someone called me and said, hey, I want to help you buy a home. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, literally a house in the Silicon yeah. Valley with a pastoral income and a single person? Not that you don't right. find that. Right. And so, um, yeah, I bought, I bought my first home with more, less money than I've ever had in my entire life. Mm. And even still, can I, and then just to say, <laughs> even, <laughs> what? <laughs> I know, what, who knew, oh, I know, man. but not only that, since then, like, that year after, so after I bought my home and going, or like that year, like, going into escrow, like, looking for homes, and, and then 2017, I had opportunity after opportunity that, to like, hey, you want to come do this wedding, hey, or do you want to get involved, hey, do you want to do this, and... Um, I'm sorry. No. No, you're no, Jamal's just not in that. Oh, not in it. Oh, so, so after the this call came in to buy a home, um, about a month later, my I got a call to like, hey, do you want to take on this wedding? I knew I shouldn't have done it. I knew it. But I'm like, why? It was a big. I was gonna right. be making some money. Plus, right. I'm gonna buy a home. Right. So I took it on. It was the worst decision I've ever made. I've never been so stressed. Like, I, you could ask people anything out, like, I was in tears. Like, I was so mm. wow. maxed. Like, and not only that, my finances got worse because I just knew, I knew I wasn't supposed to do it. And I felt like the Lord, He and His gracious, His kindness was like, You can have it back, but I have more for you. Like, literally, like, that's how I felt. So I was like, mm. Okay. So, like, I could go back in the wedding and I keep, I keep feeling sometimes that pull. Yeah. But, um, and mostly because of the finances, but I also love it. And, yeah. but it's an idol. Like it, yeah. I, I don't need even the church that I, I had a question that was asked, like, if, like, if I got, if I ever left the church or whatever, I'm like, if that is the, what, if I don't, I mean, break my heart, but I, cause I love this, but I, I do love it. But, um, it's the same thing that goes to the church. I mean, if I'm not supposed to be a pastor. Okay. You know, Lord, whatever you have. Um, but yeah, I don't want anything to get in the way. Yeah, sifting. <laughs> and sifting. And sifting. Wow. Yeah, but the Lord's crazy. And that's it. What was it? S- sleeve? Seed. Seed. Yeah, yeah, put your dream in the seed and see what comes <laughs> on the other side. Yeah, it's fair, you know, like, because our dreams are so a part of us. And yeah. I think that's where our heart kind of gets us, kind of can be a little deceiving because yeah. our heart says, Lord, this is my heart desires. Yeah. But at the same time, the Lord knows our heart's desires more than we do. So we might, and the Bible says that he knows more than we can imagine. So we can only imagine our human heart's desires. Yeah. Like, can you, I can't even fathom what he must know about my heart desires, you know? I can't even fathom it. He says I can't. Yeah. And so <laughs> he literally says that. You can, I have more than you than you can imagine. So, yeah, your dreams are important, but they're only, that's only a, like, Peace of the more that he has. And that's, that's the hard part right now. You know, you look around the internet and you see so much instant gratification and all these, you know, millionaires that are 
20 year old kids just making online money and yeah. all kinds of stuff, you know, and um, I think just too often we, and I'm sure it's been going on for, it has been going on for <laughs> ages, but it's so much more evident now that we just interpret, you know, God's favor with our circumstantial benefit. Yeah. Um, it's just like, oh, well, things are going good or I'm doing something I want to do, therefore, God is for me. Right. Uh, now he's pointing to do something I have no business doing or want to do or I have to give up the things I don't want to give up. Therefore, he's not for me right now. Like, he's just like... Yeah, circumstance. Like, hmm. Yeah, circum... I think that's where... Yeah. Yeah, you... Then you become... Your relationship with God is based off of circumstance. Right. And not... Um, but I don't know, like... My... I, I mean, I've seen a lot of things and I've been... Not only just in my own life, but I've been on, I've been, I was in China for about a month and I've been to a couple other places where I've seen, you know, like, and I've only, and I've experienced my own type of suffering. Mm-hmm. I've seen people pass away. I was, I was, I was homeless for like two weeks and like, you know, there's these places where you see suffering and I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> my worst day is still better yeah. than my best, best day with him, you know, or without him. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, I don't know. There. Plus, not only that, like, what are you investing in, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I think there's something to be said to invest into that your kids, but then that can become an idol because you put your kids above, like, your own, you know, when you, like, okay, I'm gonna, I want to make all this money so that my kids will have something good. Right. Well, then you're putting, you're still putting your kids... Wow as an idol above what God's asked you to sacrifice and you're not leaving them in his hands, you know? I mean, but again, those are all based off of everybody else's stories. Right, right. No, it's a very accurate description of how I viewed my mom for a really long time. (laughs) Yeah, we do to our parents too, that's for, yeah. She put me ahead of a lot of things that I knew it wasn't right for Mm -hmm. her and it it turned her her heart very ugly and cold. Made me feel bad because she had to. She felt that she had to do it for me. Wow! And it was just that's. I just knew it was wrong. I just mm-hmm. knew it was wrong. And my relationship with God wasn't even yeah. right like that. But I knew what she was telling me about God, and I was understanding that if that's what you're telling me about God, you're not really doing it in your own life. Mm-hmm. Right. I, just, I was so confused. You're focused on God for me, but not for you. For yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And yeah. Yeah. So that that's um, wow. Yeah. yeah, you hit home with that one. Well, I think, he, I mean, it's for, I mean, even growing up with, like, for me, I felt like my parents, I mean, I know that they wanted me to do all that I could do. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> like, even recently I had a conversation, it was actually had to do with my brother, and there, he has this awesome scholarship out in Hollywood, he was going to do film, and only, like, 40 people in the country get picked, and he got picked. My parents were really nervous about it and, like, really, like, didn't want him to do it. Mm. And, and I was a lot on the other side. I'm like, nah, you got to do it. Yeah. But, like, go ahead and yeah, break yeah. through, you know? Yeah. And though break my, through. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, no, there's justification for, like, I mean, our parents, like, we don't know what it's like to be parents. We're not there yet, right. you know? So, like, okay, got to be the of the doubt. But, too, like, so I understand that my, my parents' hesitation, but I could also see the, like, their, their fears, 
became an idol too, you know, like, because they're so fearful they won't really let go. Like, let, let, let this happen. Even if, it's like the prodigal son, you know, like, in the Bible, like, these two, he had two sons, you know, and the son went off and did his own thing. The dad had to let him go. Bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. And. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> he came back, though. Yeah, he did. It's great. It's less work we have to do. Mm-hmm. I do all the talking. <laughs> great. I'll let you do all the work. Yeah. Do this all the talking the other ones. Him. Him. Uh, most of the talking? I'm a yeah. thinker. And yeah. so whenever something hits, like when he said sift, I'm just like, oh, wow. Like, and I yeah. just, I'll go off in my mind. And so I don't talk a lot. I really yeah. don't. I'm sorry, listeners. I've, I've had a few people say, you don't talk, bro. Yeah. Like, and I mean, that's and it's a balance that we're trying to find because... It's just in our root characteristics of who we are as people, yeah. Yeah. and I gravitated toward towards a podcast idea because I freaking talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you know what I'm saying? And um, him and Johnny are a little bit more, you know, baseline even with the sound, right? Even with the sound of things. Um, so even if I don't talk a lot, it can seem like I'm talking a lot in comparison because I'm louder. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they hear me a little bit more, but. Um, yeah, definitely trying to find that balance because if they, if they give me the open room to talk, I'm just going to continue to talk. Um, that could be good. good That could be good, but it also could be bad. Like if I go off on like a bad tangent or Mm -hmm. if my interpretation on something is wrong, but I'm filling up Mm -hmm. most of that space. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? And so, but that's also something we're vulnerable and open with like, Hey, if we're wrong, listen to this episode, tell us where we're wrong, show us the reference. Like we're cool. We're cool with that. But um, we're trying to we're trying to find that balance still between making I want to make sure that they have talk time because they have their own circles of influence that are coming to the podcast because of them. Yeah. And so I know that those people are interested because of them, not because they're partnered with me. Mm-hmm. So they need to hear them, yeah. the people that they're influenced by to talk sure. um, to keep them coming back. Um, so it, it's, it's all a work in progress, so but true. you know, that's why we're interviewing so many different people. Um, because now we're trying to get yeah. to like, look, this is about variety. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of people. This yeah. isn't just our story. Come to encounter. There's 800,000 people just like us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like come show <laughs> up, like you know what I'm saying? And I so people came last night. Did count? I don't know. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. Those seats that we set up outside the doors were filled. Yeah, literally filled. Some people yeah. like were like, okay, Seriously, like another level. I was shocked. I got up to do offering. I literally forgot everything I was gonna say. Yeah. So like, I was so taken back yeah. by the fact that we were in lobby. I just want to stay there for a second. Yeah. Can we just stand here for a second? Yeah. In the lobby. Awesome. Yeah. I was walking out. I was walking through the front doors when you said that, and literally, I got to see everybody who had just sat down. Their all eyes just went woof. I was yeah. Like,
open door for the people in our city. Mm-hmm. Or I, maybe a better way to say it is like if you were, mm-hmm. um, no, I'll say, I'll say it that way. I'll say it that way. <laughs> you gonna say if we were a leader? No. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean. I think there's a fine line and, you know, we were talking about, you know, the next gen mm-hmm. um, and we, yeah. we are the last gen that had the human interaction, wow. but we were the first gen born with the technology. Like yeah, this. That's so, crazy. Um, that's so, so you know, the gen before us had 0%, we're 50, 50, the gen after is 0% as wow, well so in different wow. perspectives. So, um, if there's any gap, if there's any generation that can try to, mold them together yeah, like for you to pull them back together it should be us i think Dang, that's but so from good. from that understanding of yeah. things but um oh, i think there's a huge and this is why i thrive in my personal yeah. life there's a huge 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 un invaluable trait with being able to just connect with somebody yeah. person to person the yeah. hard part is that the youth that comes after us is not going to be easy to reach like that. Mm-hmm. They're not going to understand the vulnerability. They're not going to understand yeah, like things like that. I I can't even <laughs> be in an awkward situation without pulling my phone out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So what are they going to do? Like they're going to be watching YouTube so as they're having a conversation, yeah. so that if there is an awkward moment, something's already running. Right? Right. You know what I'm saying? So that that part is a little bit hard. With Thanks. that part, I lead to the technology format. That's what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like. Um, and I know that there's, uh, there's a stigma with that, you know, and I even hear it in, in a little bit of how Chase talks is like, we didn't grow this on Instagram. We didn't grow this on Facebook. And that is a hundred percent true. A hundred percent true. However, if we're saying that we're growing this off of word of mouth and if social media and the internet is word of mouth times a million, yeah. you know, I, I think there's a heavy amount of asset that needs to be involved in the technology yeah, for space sure. for sure um and organizing that is really just the hardest part but i think it's so there i mean we have people that don't come to church we're not ministers pastors in any way shape or form but we have 100 people so yeah. it's like okay cool you know what i'm saying like if yeah. if um so crazy. if encounter has 800 weekly attendants on a tuesday and they each have 100 people Right, nice. that'd be that'd be eighty thousand to eight hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. Right, so that mm-hmm. alone is so, so fundamental. Yeah. But getting people to share encounter oh, stuff and things like that, I think that is going to take some yeah. some different mm-hmm. shifting and marketing understanding to be able to really break through from that sense, mm-hmm. from the boots on the ground sense of like actually being in the community. Um, that part I don't know. Yeah. That part I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, because people aren't outside anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Sure. So um, I don't know. Obviously, you know, you hold events, and I guess you try to be as locally dispersed as possible. I mean, you guys are doing stuff with like, I like the um, movement is doing stuff with like the high schools and middle schools and things like that. Um, so I, I think things like that are gonna be valuable um it's just hard to find the asset to allocate to that when social media is free and doesn't it doesn't really cost you the same amount of time as setting up an event and going out there so i think you need both i don't want to say lean towards social media there's definitely a a heme of both that's needed Mm -hmm. um 
I just don't know how that physical direct marketing, right, hands-on um, is going to work in the community the same way. Yeah. Um, that's something we have to figure out. Mm, good. Uh, I know just to, since that's where you're at right now, just going out into the community, I know Chase kind of talked to me and Juan Luis about what his kind of envisions were about going to campuses like college and mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be great. Yep. Um, but um, for as far as the pull from, from the older generation to the younger mm -hmm. generation, I think one side is really going to go towards the authenticity of this because that's what makes it cool. That's yeah. what makes... Wow, really? they're really being themselves. Yeah, like, right. That's okay right. for me. Yeah. Like so, that's what's gonna pull the the younger generation, um, and in a sense of the passion from the authenticity of what we're we're talking from is is gonna I think make the older generation kind of rethink where they're at of like wow like I think there was one point where I used to be on fire like right. that. Um, maybe maybe I can still get back to that. Wow. Um, so it's. I think it all stems from authenticity, and I think Encounter is doing a really good job of that, but just making sure that um, we stay focused in that direction mm -hmm. of being as real as you possibly can. Yeah. I think that day where Chase um, went up there on stage and was like, whoo, <laughs> somebody out here, mm -hmm. yeah, wow, yeah. <laughs> but we're glad you're here, you know. Yeah, I know, so I, good. That, yeah, that's what sold me right there. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, okay. exactly. This is, this is a genuine place. Um, you accept everybody. Yeah. And I want to give everything I have to this place. For sure. So, even from like the, the spiritual sense of like, you know, like the faith without works being dead, like, mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously everybody's like, well, how can God be real if we don't have world peace? It's like, well, are you praying to be involved in the peace of the world? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or are you asking for a solution right. to be brought or are you asking to be a part of the solution? Right. That's the different piece. Sure. So, from the leadership standpoint, I mean, I'm sure. You guys wouldn't be leaders unless you had a deeper yeah. sense of conviction to right. really need to drive that home. So, I mean, even from the application sense of like, yeah, obviously we don't know. And yes, we do need to pray, you know, for those things. Um, but that even just goes back to just making sure you guys are genuine within yourself, yeah. which I know that you guys probably are. Right. I'm not denying that or no, anything no, no, like that. Good, but just from the sense of like, hey, like if. Everybody in the leadership wants that. God's going to make it happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If they genuinely want it within themselves, God's going to make it happen. If they, wanna be, if they want to be a part of that solution, God's going to make it happen. You know? And yeah. that's what we even had to mentally get to a point of, um, you know, like we want to do this. We want to, you know, and I talked about it in an episode and got a little aggressive for a point. But it was like, you know, I was talking about Chase is like, yeah, we could take on a thousand you know, talking about Ron Carpenter Jubilee, yeah, we could take on another thousand. Like, you know, we can help in that process. Yeah. And so I think even from a, a leadership aspect, it's being able to find leaders without the titles, mm -hmm. um, which is what we're trying to do is be the leader without the title. We want to be on the ground, but leading, but helping, right. you know what I'm saying, do that. And so from a leadership perspective, that's hard yeah. because you're not, you are on the ground. You are on the ground, boots right. on the ground 100%. Um, but, um, it's hard to find one new leaders mm -hmm. and it's hard to find people that want to be involved that, but don't want to be leaders. Yeah. Um, and so I think finding that group yeah. is going to be the mass, yeah. you know what I'm saying? The people yeah. that want to be involved and they want to do their piece, but they don't feel like I need to lead the ship. Yeah, um, right. so I don't, I think finding them is going to be mm. super valuable. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think you find them through the way they serve, you know? I think mm -hmm. leadership is serving. Yeah. I think that's correct. My definition of leadership is serving. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, absolutely. So I think they'll, but that's good, you know, it's good wisdom, you know, and talk about the next generation. It's, you know, those it's are the questions. A, yeah. It's going to be a tough one. I don't, you know, I don't think anybody around the table wants to miss, you know, like mm -hmm. how, how do we support you, you know? And I, I, yeah. I feel like serving, you know, disarms the argument, you know, I feel mm -hmm. like that's serving disarms the dysfunction, serving disarms the disloyalty, you know, because you, yeah. when you serve somebody, it's like, it catches them off guard, like, you want to do what for me? Right, <laughs> you know? right, right, like, right. You know, being a yes person, you know, I think, um, wow. I think like, you know, our, the generation come up isn't familiar with that. Mm -hmm. And I think coming you know, we're just willing to serve. Like, how can I support you? Not, I don't want to even actually change your yeah. social media tactic. I don't want to change nothing. Right. Like, how do I serve you in that, in that capacity? And yeah. I think that's what disarms, you know, the, the questions or even the distrust. Because you, mm -hmm. you're not... And they're not even serving with the motive. You just honestly, you know, like, yeah. how can I help? How can I support? How can I... Um, get on the same page as you, you know, show me your way, you know, even, it doesn't even have to agree, like, I had a conversation with somebody from, well, it doesn't matter, somewhere else, <laughs> and I was like, sometimes you gotta just, you can't tell all my examples, because I still have to protect people, but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I had this conversation with somebody, and he was of different culture, and different, um, just oh, different, yeah. and, um, in a different way, and I just, my question was like, I just want to understand, like, help me understand who you are. Like, I, I don't want to change you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't actually. Right. Um, but I would love to understand, you know, and man, it just, it changed my perspective even more because it didn't change my convictions, right. but it definitely changed my perspective. And, um, yeah. So anyways, I just feel like the way we serve is, mm -hmm. is kind of what disarms, yeah. you know. You know, just back to what, you know, you were saying earlier, just meeting them where they're at. Yeah. You know, we don't want them to be only on social media, but, I mean, if that's where they're at, that's where we need to meet them. Because yeah. uh, they're only going to see the things that they themselves follow. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to see all kinds of pastors and crazy fan pages that are popping that are all religious-based. Right. So, therefore, you're not going to follow them. And if all of your interaction and knowledge comes from your social media, which... We're already at a huge dominant amount. Um, they're going to be 100% at that yeah. point. So, um, yeah, it's almost like inevitable. Mm. You know, it's not like the church is looking to have this influencer page. But technically, that that's what you actually do yeah. want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you right, do right. want to influence literally. So mm -hmm. I think it even might even just be being able to break that stigma yeah. of like, well, this mm -hmm. is what social media is. And realizing like... This might be the tear next to the wheat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. <laughs> this, this, so. It's the same thing with wearing ripped jeans to church, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like the same. Yep. It, it might seem yep. small, but back then, you, mm -hmm. I still get crap for that. Correct. I wear ripped jeans with my grandma. I mean, my yeah. grandma, but, yeah. you know, but she'll tell me, I'll fix those jeans for you. I'm like, no, that's okay. I like yeah. this way. But it's the same thing with like, a, it's the same thing with social media where it's like, 
Red jeans aren't bad. You know, ripped jeans are fine. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Social media is not bad. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. How you use that might be a little bit different. Right. You know, I could wear ripped jeans and they look not good. Yeah. You know? Right. And wear it with in, in a different intention. But right. um, mm-hmm. the way we wear social media could actually be one of the most powerful things we use as a generation. Absolutely. I'm for that. But yeah. anyways, but da da Cool. Cool. <laughs> thank you yeah. for your time again. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, because yeah. we do it on our episodes, sure. but if you could lead us out in some prayer. Oh, yeah, that sure. That would be greatly appreciated. Yeah. That would be great. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Well, <clears throat> Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for this time, Lord, and I just thank you for who you are and and all of your goodness, Lord, and just your grace, Lord God, for us. And God, I just thank you for my brothers here, Father. I thank you for their hearts, Lord. I thank you for the things that they're trying to achieve, Lord, and um, using their gifts, Lord God, to um, reach people for you, Father, and being authentic in it. And God, I pray that we would continue just to be those authentic vessels, Father God. Our first desire, God, my first desire, Lord, is to love you. And Lord, I pray that um, the people watching this, Father God, the people that um, see this episode, Father God, that they would just understand that loving you first, Lord God, is just is the first step, Lord. And I just pray right now, Lord, for um, just a supernatural um, understanding, a supernatural wisdom, Lord God, a supernatural, um, Lord, something that we don't even, we can't even identify, but um, Proverbs talks about all the time with wisdom, Lord God, that goes beyond human knowledge, human understanding, God. It's just, it's so supernatural, Lord God, it's, it's beyond us. And Father God, we're asking for that, Lord. And Lord, as we talk about how to reach the generation, how to reach our city, Father, Lord, I pray that you give us new tactics, new um, new innovation, Father, new creativity, Father God, and not to be afraid of, Lord, the things that we may un- be unfamiliar with, Father, and Lord, that we take every opportunity as an opportunity, Lord God, to draw closer to you and draw others to you as well, Father. Lord, we just thank you for this city. We thank you for this house, Father God, and I just thank you for the things you're doing on our behalf, Father. Lord, we trust you, Lord. We believe in you, Lord, Father, and we, we pray, Father God, that Lord, that our, our, our ways would pass away, Lord, and that yours would um, would shine even brighter, Father. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <sighs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Last thing I didn't even mention was uh, from In a Pit, with a line on a snowy day, because uh, we, we, we keep talking about, um, you know, the Bay Area being like 98% undoctrined, and uh, there's a chapter... Um, the odds of God or something like that, yeah. and uh, it just talks about how He will make this the odds as impossible as they can possibly be, wow. um, so that His hand is just that much more obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And so, even from the faith and works standpoint, I think even just operating within that understanding, you know, saying yeah. like, yeah, the odds are against us, and that's exactly how we want yeah, them, because that's on. how he wants them, you know what I'm saying? I love so. the odds are against me. Let me just show you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> just tell, did you just tell me I can do that? Okay, I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> <Damn>. I know. <laughs> I can't wow. help myself. It's just an inner spirit. Sometimes me proving them wrong, though, is not doing anything. No. <laughs> no that's why I said, wow. Sometimes oh. me, yeah.